The next speaker this morning is David Shaw. David is the author of the book Evolve or Become Obsolete. David is a public speaker, the host of the Getting Ahead podcast, and he is passionate about all things digital and technology. We all know that the power of storytelling is as old as time itself. However, many people think they understand the role of storytelling, and yet their media places themselves in the wrong role time after time. In this short and sharp session, David explains how storytelling is hardwired into our brains and why we should be placing the consumer of our content as the hero in their journey. So here, without a position your story for big results, please give a truly warm welcome to David Shaw. Thank you, Peter. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you done very well, didn't you? <laughs> Thanks very much for coming along today. Um, uh, as Peter rightly said, I'm going to do a, a session on storytelling today. Um, I believe there's two sessions this afternoon on storytelling, so um, I'm looking forward to, to the other one as well. It's something um, I'm quite passionate about. So, um, as Peter said, I'm a, a, an author of the book Evolve or Become Obsolete, um, which is a book about um, merging sales, marketing and technology. Um, and for the purpose of today, I, if anyone wants the slides, a video of this session, um, or even a digital copy of my book, just come and see me afterwards, drop me a business card, and I'll happily uh, provide you guys with all of those. So um, don't worry about having to take too many notes or anything. Um, you can find me on Twitter at David Mark Shaw, but I don't want to talk too much about myself today because it's all about you guys. So, what are we going to cover today? Hi. Um, I'm not going to tell you, because I think that would be a, a really rubbish story, if I'm honest with you. It's a little bit like um, the, the Sixth Sense. If I was to tell you that Bruce Willis was dead right from the very, very beginning, it would be a bit of a rubbish story. Um, we better follow the, the film. So, those who haven't seen the film, apologies. Um, um, so, uh, rather than uh, sort of list through a big agenda of what I'm going to do through, I'm just going to crack on and get going with it. So, uh, my big idea is that um, we're getting storytelling uh, wrong. We're not getting the results that we want from our digital marketing efforts. We're not getting the results from our sales and marketing efforts as a whole. Um, and I think it's because we're only telling part of the story. Uh, and we're not necessarily telling the right kind of story. So, I want to just go through a, a few slides today just to um, explain exactly... Hi. Um, where I think we're going wrong uh, in terms of storytelling, what types of stories we should be telling and what role we should be playing with them. Um, and I believe if we get that right, we'll start seeing a much, much bigger difference in our sales and marketing efforts. Um, and the reason I say sales and marketing is I really passionately believe they're becoming one, um, with 70% at least of the sales process um, now being done online and before we speak to anybody um, at an organisation, before we pick up the phone. We're doing our own research now. We're starting so we want to get answers to our questions. We really want to understand as much as we can. We want a self-service type environment. We don't necessarily want to have to pick up the phone, which is why you know, contact us forms just simply don't get filled out on websites. People don't want to contact you. They want to find out the information. Um, and I think we've got to understand how sales and marketing are emerging as well. And I think this storytelling element is a really key component of that. So um, if we look back in history um, around storytelling, we'll find that's right the way from cavemen times, Aboriginal, Egyptians, all of these types were, were using pictures originally in order to get information done. This is before the written word. 
So what we were start, what we were doing is, uh, is using pictures, lots of pictures, and then telling stories as ways to retain information. And this is the way information was passed down from generation to generation. And sometimes those stories evolved and become uh, and changed over over time. But the fact was, this was a really easy way for humans to retain lots of information, to put it down all into one place, was to do it via pictures. So it really has been with us since the dawn of time, before the written word, before any sort of the original form of communication was storytelling telling via pictures. That's okay. No problem. <laughs> it's also as a result of the fact that we've been using storytelling since the dawn of time to communicate, it is literally ingrained in our DNA. It's the easiest way for our brains to consume information. Um, there was a couple of Spanish scientists that done some tests um, a couple of years ago where they were getting some uh, information on some slides, and you, hopefully you haven't seen too many of these today, where they're just bullet points of information on the screen. And they were seeing how the, the, the people were, were sort of viewing this information. And they're finding sort of the, um, the language processing part of the brain would um, sort of light up when they're reading through these bullet points. When they changed the way the information was delivered and started actually telling it via a story, what they then found was something completely different. The brain lit up like a Christmas tree in amongst the audience when they started to actually receive similar information but told in a very, very different way, told in the form of a story. So whether it be food or whether it be uh, motor neurons firing, whatever it was, it was the different parts of the brain were actually reliving the actual experience. And as a result, people were found far more likely to retain the information and actually take it in as a result of the fact that they, their brain was so much more active, they consumed the information in a very, very different way as opposed to just bullet points on a screen or bullet points on your website, just text on your website. Um, when that story is told, you really do find that the brain engages so much more with it. And I'll give you a little example. Um, I'm going to use my son as one because today's Father's Day and he's, uh, he's not best pleased that I'm not with him right now. And, uh, but I thought I'd bring him into the story today uh, so he feels like he's sort of here with me. So um, when my uh, partner at the time was pregnant, um, I'll be honest, I was really, really nervous um, that we might have a girl. I, I hate to say it, but I really wanted a boy. Really, really wanted a boy. So I started trying to train myself. and It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Having a daughter is going to be absolutely wonderful. And when we, when we found out we were having a boy, I was just fantastic. And I was really, really pleased. Um, and the reason is I'm uh, a massive, for my sins, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I still play, despite my age, um, uh, every single Sunday, and have done for the last sort of nearly 20 years now. Um, and I, I watch it, and to me, um, my team, forgive me, Tottenham Hotspur, um, is, is like a religion. <laughs> it's, it genuinely is an extension of my personality, and I genuinely mean that. Um, so what I really wanted to do was I was looking forward to having my son, and, uh, and I was going to be making him a, a passionate Spurs fan. I was going to take him to the games. I was really looking forward to my son being a great little football player and, uh, and the next Harry Kane. Um, but I um, also wanted my son to grow up with a uh, free money to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, and he's now nine and can't stand football, um, <laughs> which was a really interesting dilemma for me. My boy has a YouTube channel and creates um, Minecraft videos um, and this kind of stuff, and he loves it and thinks football sucks. Um, and mo mostly, I think, because it takes me away from him. I think that might be part of it. And because I'm so obsessed with it, he thinks it's boring. Um, and yet, the other day, he uh, told me a rather interesting story. He came home from school and said, you won't believe it, Dad. 
I played football at lunchtime today. What? You played football? That's fantastic. Well, how did that happen? He said Alfie wasn't at school today. I said, right. He said, so I had to go play with some of the others, so I thought I'd play football. I said, okay, well, how did it go? He said, yeah, it was all right. They want me to play tomorrow. I said, well, brilliant. What happened? Now, he explained to me that on this particular day, my son being in year four, they were playing year five boys. And um, Jake said, I just played in defence because I didn't really want to get involved. So he stood right at the very sort of the back of the game. And um, he was explaining to me, year four boys were beating year five boys 1-0 with a few minutes to go towards the end of lunchtime. Um, he said, now, the ball was down the other end, which he was very happy about, miles away from him. And uh, all of a sudden, one of the year five boys booted the ball as hard as he could up towards Jake and the goalkeeper. And I said, so what did you do, Jake? And he said, I panicked. And I said, what do you mean you panicked? He said, well, the ball was coming towards me, and so were all these huge boys charging at me. I said, what did you do? He said, I ran at it, and I kicked it in any direction I possibly could, and I mean any direction. And it happened to be miles off the playground and miles towards loads of other kids. Um, fortunately, nowhere near his goal, also nowhere near the opposition goal. So he kicked it off, and as soon as he'd done that, booted it miles away, the bell went, it was the end of lunchtime, and his friends charged over at him like he'd just scored the winning goal. He was a superstar. Jake was a great defender, and could he play again tomorrow? Which he said, I don't think so. I think Alfie's going to be back in school tomorrow. So he didn't decide to play football. He's one little experience at it, and he'd done a great thing. Now, my question to you guys is, um, I don't believe anyone in this room has ever met my son, correct? But can anyone visualise him? Have you got a little picture in your head of what Jake might look like? Yeah. Did anyone sort of visualise on the moment, kicking the ball miles across the playground? It's a very different thing. I could have told you the story in a very, very different way. But what happens is by telling this story um, and giving lots of examples of physical things that happened, we, start, we actually mirror those. So you guys experience that story and you've all got your own version of that story and you can visualise that story, exactly what Jake looks like and exactly what happened when he kicked the ball, the playground, the other boys. You can visualise that. And it makes a different ways to way we retain information. Now, this is a story that most people, most brands, want to talk about. They love talking about their brand story, talking about themselves, their products and their services. Um, and there is a role to play with talking about yourself. Um, most people don't really quite understand it, and they do, their entire sort of social media and website and digital marketing efforts are focused just around this story. So it's your products, your products, your services, your services, and how wonderful you are. Now, some of you might work in some fantastic industries, and maybe you've all got some wonderful accreditations that you post all over your email signatures and all over your website. The truth is, your customers probably don't even understand what those accreditations are, nor care. Um, but we still like to tell this story, because it's a story we're, talking, we're telling ourselves, and we think it's going to impress all of these other people. And we do the same all over our digital marketing efforts. We, we want to tell this one. The most important place to tell this one is actually on the About Us page, which most people then get kind of wrong in the sense that they start off with, established in 1980... <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, they really don't. Well, if you're going to talk, if you're going to place your brand story, and there is a place for it, talk about what matters to your customers. You know, talk about why you get out of bed in the morning. The best place to hear for it's a video. Get your, your team yourself on a video on your About Us page, um, and tell them why you get out of bed in the morning, why you're risking your family's livelihood by putting all of your money into your own businesses. Talk about why it's so passionate, why you're, you know, it's so important to you. That's what people care about. They don't care when you're established or you're part of whatever society or whatever accreditations you've got. And that's what people 
often you think about how many corporate about us pages that we see time and time again and people just don't care. So I want to talk about two different types of story here. The first one is I want to talk about um, the fact that we've all got our own story. Each one of us in the room have, uh, are telling ourselves a story and we're telling multiple stories day in, day out. So what you're wearing today was a story we told ourselves. We're going to New Media Europe and there's going to be other like-minded people there and other business people there and we want to give a certain impression about the way we look. So we tell ourselves a story about the clothes we're going to wear. We didn't turn up in our pyjamas um, and we didn't turn up um, in, in our nightgowns from last night but you choose a specific... You're telling yourself a story about what you want people to believe about you. So if you wear branded clothing, it's a story you're telling yourself about what you want others to believe about you. The car that you drive. It might be that you believe that a small car um, is economical and you think that it's, 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 a, it's a sensible choice and that's a story you want people to believe. You might drive a huge BMW and that's another story that I'll let you guys work out what type of people, what sort of story they're telling yourself. Um, but we all tell ourselves these different stories. Now, as consumers, like I say, we do it in the sort of the clothes we buy, the cars we drive, the food we eat. Um, but equally, I want you to guys just to ponder just for a second, why do your customers choose you? Have you ever, ever thought about that? What's the story your customers are telling themselves about you and why they buy from you? And I say customers... Um, because I think a lot of people forget about customers when it comes to their marketing, and they sort of, uh, the moment they're a customer, they stop marketing to them. It's a bad mistake. You must continue to keep marketing to your customers. But why? Why you? What's so special about your products and your services and your organization that they've chosen you? Now, is it that you're the cheapest? Maybe. Maybe you're the cheapest option out there. Maybe the only option. Unlikely, but possibly. Is it because they know you or they know somebody in your organization? So therefore they've chose to work with you. Or is it because despite the fact that you're a little bit more expensive than some of the others, you always deliver, your products and services are fantastic, and it's worth paying that bit extra for, so much so they tell others about you because they're proud to associate themselves as their story by associating with you guys and your brand. These are advocates and zealots and the type of customers that we all crave, the ones we all want. So how do we get more of those ones? How do we get more of the types of customers that talk about us to their friends and to their other business partners and associates? How do we get that? And what makes that difference between those that are just buying because it's based on pricing of the cheapest, where there's zero loyalty to those that even if you put your pricing up, they're not going anywhere in a heartbeat because they like you, they understand, they believe what you believe in and they believe that you're going to deliver for them. So that's the type of customs that we all want. So how do we get them to tell themselves that story about you? So this is, uh, I'm going to do a few steps about story. This is not my idea. There's lots of different types of stories, and we're going to focus on one called the hero's journey. Um, and this particular um, step here is from a company called, um, from a guy called Don, Donald Miller and his company Story Brand. I don't know if anyone's heard of those guys. Um, they do fantastic work in terms of storytelling. Um, and so I'm, so I'm borrowing some of the step steps from, uh, from Story Brand here to explain to you a little bit about how the hero's journey works and then how we can position ourselves for those better results. So in any good hero's journey, um, we're obviously going to start with uh, a character, the, the main person, sort of the focus point on the film. There's always a problem without any show. That would be a really rubbish story if there wasn't. So there's a problem that we need to consider and that uh, the, the character needs to overcome. 
the important one, the guide. Someone comes in to them to try and help them out. They're then given a plan, plan of action, given that belief. They're then called to action. They've got to do something in order to complete their journey, to complete their story, to fulfill their goal, which results in one of two things. Success or failure. It's quite a simple one, isn't it? And we all know what most good films are like. Um, I used this example when I done this speech about a year ago, actually, and uh, apparently I got this wrong, but I don't know another one. So um, anyone seen the, the most recent James Bond film here? I haven't either. I'm not a massive fan. But in general, I say, when you think of a James Bond film, generally, we know the outcome, don't we? We generally know he's not going to get killed by a stray bullet in the first 30 seconds of the film. We know he's going to get the girl, save the world, and everything's going to be fantastic. We, can, we generally know. And yet, when we watch some of these movies, apparently that didn't happen in the last one. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't seen it. Um, but in generally, in a movie, we know what's coming. We know it's going to be okay, but yet we're still completely bought into it and we're completely sold on the film and the narrative and the story. We're, we're totally in. We're hooked. Um, and yet we still continue to keep watching these films and we're still surprised when the outcome comes out, as we generally expect to be in most cases. So let's talk about some of the characters. Luke, obviously, from uh, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker there. Um, we've got uh, Bridget Jones from the Bridget Jones Diary. She's another main character. We've got Will from Good Will Hunting. And Aladdin. These are some of the sort of main characters from classic films from over the years, right? We understand, we identify with these main characters. Now, the guides are the interesting one. So in Star Wars, it could be Obi-Wan and it could be Yoda. It could be the friends of Bridget Jones. They were great, weren't they? Fantastic characters and giving all the helpful advice, telling her what to do, what not to do, and they were the voice of reason. You've got the, uh, the late Robin Williams, obviously from Goodwill Hunting, who also played the role of Aladdin, again, the guide in the film there. So we can identify with who the guides are, and we understand that. So we're going to use Star Wars as an analogy. Um, funny enough, I'm not a massive fan, but my son is a huge fan. Um, and um, we're going to try and go through that same process here. So Luke is being our main character here. Um, now, he has a couple of problems. Number one, there's the Empire to start with and those guys. Um, Trying to, to, trying to take over there. Um, but he's also, he's got this, this sub-story, this subplot that, is he a Jedi? Is he good enough? You know, can he, can he do it? So we've got the, the, the two little sort of problems there, the subplot and the main plot there of what Luke's got to try and overcome. So he meets Obi-Wan and Yoda. Um, and importantly, they've been there before, as we've now seen the new sets of films. Um, and we know the most important, they understand what he's going through. It's a really important point. They understand what he's going through and these pains and these problems that he's got, and so they're going to help him and guide him on his journey. Now, first of all, they tell Luke, so they, um, they give him a plan. They tell him that, number one, you've got it, what it takes. You've got it. You genuinely have got what it takes, um, and he needs to trust the Force. That's sort of their plan, of, their plan for him. They call him to action, and they tell him to go defeat the Empire. Wow, has anyone not seen Star Wars? <laughs> so, there's two things that can happen. He can either destroy the Death Star, or the rebellion is crushed. Now, how many people have seen the film here, by show of hands? How many people here can visualize the moment Luke destroys the Death Star? Who can replay that scene in their heads right now? 
and they can think about it, despite the fact the film's not running right now, but you can visualize it. You remember the scenes. It's amazing how those storylines can get ingrained in us, whether it be books, whether it be uh, films and video, however it is, it could be audio. It doesn't matter how it is, if the storytelling is told correctly, we literally ingrain these memories into our, DNA, into our memory and we can recall them so much easier. So my next question um, is which role do you play? Hero? The guide. I think you probably know the answer. But just to be sure, what I've done is, fortunately, um, Mike and Isabella were very kind to let me know about who came in the room today um, before you come in. And um, obviously, they've got all of your details. And um, so what we've done is, in the background beforehand, just so they tell me who's in the room, quickly went and checked it out. And we've, pulled, we've got some of your websites, and we've got some of your social media profiles. Um, what we thought we'd do is we'll pull them up on the screen, maybe a website and maybe a social media profile, and together, as a collective, we'll decide whether you're playing the role of the hero or the guide. Is your website talking about me, me, me? Is it going, my products are fantastic and my services are excellent? Are you being supportive and helpful? Maybe you're, are you playing the guide? Is it me, 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 my products, my products, my services? Or is it the guide? Are your social media profiles going, look at my products, you can buy it here, and here's another tweet with my product or my service. Here's someone saying wonderful about me and my products and my services. We could take a look right now um, and to go. So I'm not trying to, you have to let me know whose website this is going to be. Okay, so just show me, um, you know, let me know whose it is. And together we'll work out if you're going to play, if we think they're playing the role of the hero themselves, calling themselves the hero in it, or they're playing the role of the guide, okay? We're not going to do that. <laughs> but it would have been absolutely hilarious if we would have done, because some of your faces look pretty concerned that I might actually bring up your website uh, on there. Um, it would have been pretty cruel. But the fact there's a few nervous laughs, maybe people think, oh my god, no, don't bring up mine, because I am doing, I'm positioning myself as the hero in the journey. Anyone concerned about that? <laughs> well, in reality, you're the guide. You need to be repositioning your website, your social media streams, you need to be, um, the, your content that you produce, whether it's your blog post, whether it's your podcast, whether it's just the images you call, whatever it is, you've got to start thinking about the role that you play. Because it's not about us. It's actually, we've got to play the guide. It's our customers and our prospects. This is their journey and their story. We've got to position ourselves as the guide. It's the client that's the hero. This is their story, that they're, they're trying to solve a particular problem, they're trying to solve, uh, meet a particular goal, and hopefully your products and services can help them do that. But you've got to think, reposition the way you're sort of uh, doing your marketing, positioning yourself as a whole in all of your messaging and all of your content to make sure that it's actually for them and what they're looking for. It's about putting things like pricing on your website, even when the answer is, it depends. Because the idea that you, know, you go to a particular product or service, well, the one thing we want to know is how much it costs. And if we can't find that information out, we're hitting that back button as fast as possible. We're going to find someone that does tell us how much they charge. If the answer is it depends, give an example. Let people rule themselves in or out. If you think that every question about, that you might have been asked by a prospect to do with your product or service, they might have. <coughs> Are you answering it on your website in the form of any form of audio, video, or blog post? Are you answering all of those questions? Because if you're not, they're going somewhere else to find that information. This is about their journey and what they're trying to achieve. 
what are the top five objections that people might use to not buy from you? Top five, think about it. The top five they might be. It could be seven, could be eight, could be nine. Are you addressing them on your website and across your content? Are you addressing those concerns, the reason why not? Most people are doing the whole contact us for pricing, contact us for more information. Tell you, people don't like contact us forms. They don't want to fill out a contact us form. We self-serve. We hate it when people phone us now because it's in our time. Message me, I'll reply you when I want to. We're a self-serve society now. We don't want these people. We don't want to be um, phoning people up and then having to go through their sales process. We're defining our own journeys. We're defining our own sales process. And if we've got to go to five or six websites to get all the information that we need, then that's what we're doing. How many times have you been to a checkout page to buy something and you've seen the option discount code? Oh, great. There's a discount code and I don't know about it. So what do you do? You go Googling it, don't you? Everywhere, I need to find this discount code. People get to the point where, well, I'm not buying it now because clearly other people can get it cheaper. I'm not buying it. It's all about that story they're telling themselves. They're telling themselves that if I can buy this cheaper because now they're, they're offering a discount code, I'm either going to find it or I'm going to buy from somebody else. You've got to think about it's the prospect, it's your customer. It's what is making about setting those journeys for them. It's their story, they're the hero. Play yourself as the guide and make sure you really understand the problems they're trying to go through, the questions they're trying to ask. Make it really easy for them. You've got to be Yoda. You've got to be Obi-Wan. You've got to be all of the, the friends of the, these guys and be the one that they can trust. Because when you do that, when you give them all the information transparently, when you're honest with them, when you give genuine honest reviews against your competitors, I've seen it before done successfully. I've got a client today who has a page listing his competitors' websites. And you think, that's nuts. Why on earth would you list your competitors? And he said, well, if you're looking for alternative pricing, then here's a list of my competitors' websites for you to go and get the pricing off them. Good luck with that. Because they're not listing their pricing, and they're not listing too much information. By the time they've actually got the, I can't believe this guy's actually giving me his competitors' websites. Of course, that's really, that's helpful and valuable. That's honest. They clearly trust and believe in their services. So I'm going to go and check the others out, see what they're pricing. Oh, they're not listing their pricing. Oh, God, I can't be bothered. I'm not filling out your contact us form. I'm not going to pick up the phone to have one of your sales guys try and convince me for an appointment. Um, they're not interested in that. They want to do this whole self-serve model. They want to understand. They want to understand now we're impatient when it comes to buying. Um, but being that source of information, every single question you've ever been asked, you need to be answering on your, in any form of content. Understand, and then positioning it as making sure that it's about them. We're far too easy to talk about ourselves and our products and services. I'm going to tell you something now that um, you won't be surprised to hear from me say now, but your prospects and your customers don't give a stuff about your products and services. They don't. They care about their problems. They care about their goals. How is your product and service going to help them achieve their goals or solve those problems? Focus your content around that. Positioning himself always as you as the guide, the client as the hero. So when it comes to all of these channels, when it comes to your social media bits and pieces, when it comes to your videos, when it comes to your blog posts and your podcasts, really start thinking about it. Every time before I'm going to produce this piece of content, think about who am I writing it for, What's the problem that I'm solving? What is their pain? What is their challenge? 
What is their goal? What are they trying to achieve? And how can I assist them on that journey? Make sure you get that positioning right. And what you find out is that when you're that transparent, you're that honest, you're, telling, you're playing the right role in the story, then what you find is all of a sudden they, they start trusting you, they start believing in you. I believe that obviously naturally you're all delivering your products and services fantastically and you're the best in the business. And then what happens is they believe that. And then they start become, they don't mind the fact that you're a little bit more expensive because you were honest enough to list your pricing. You were honest enough to answer all of their questions. You were transparent from the beginning and you played the supporting role. You weren't just trying to sell to them. Because that's the other part of it. Most people think that when somebody comes to their website, that means they want to buy right now. But think about your own consumer habits, the way we buy. We don't buy on the first visit. Even on e-commerce, you start shopping around and you start having a little look around. People don't come, so make sure your website and your, your marketing efforts here are doing the same here. You're not trying to close people on the first date, which is like a you know, 17-year-old dating. A lot of our marketing and our sales efforts are doing exactly that. You've got to start realizing people might not, they might not be ready to buy today, but if you can inform them and educate them and inspire them, then maybe when they are ready, you're the first people that are going to come back to and they're people are going to buy from. Don't always try and close them and sell to them always. Educate them. Find ways of capturing email addresses. Getting ways to communicate with them and make sure that you understand their position in their story. That's the most important part of this whole presentation. So um, I hope that's been useful, guys. I know I've closed a little bit early. Didn't go as long as I thought. Um, but I hope that's been useful. And um, like I say, if you want to copy the slides, a video, or a copy of my book, just come and see me and I'll make sure I'll get you all of that sorted. Thanks so much, guys.